0: Hi, you're listening to The Comedian's Tea Party with its Deaves. Fair warning, this podcast may contain adult content. It may not. I don't know. I never really have a plan. So let's listen on and find out. Hello, and welcome to episode 50, the half-century, and crucially, the Christmas episode of the Comedian Tea Party with Side And in this episode, I have got Rachel Krieger. Now, I realise this is a bit late for a Christmas episode. It is the... well, it's coming out on the 3rd of January. So, yes, a little bit late, but... It's still good. I, I recorded it in time for Christmas. Turns out even when you are locked down with COVID, it's hard to get stuff done in time because there's a lot to do in a house. But regardless, we have a great chat. I will say off the top, trigger warning for anyone who's grossed out by sort of disgusting things. We talk about eye surgery for a little bit in the middle. But there's some sort of there's some very good chat that comes afterwards. So if you do start to get a little bit grossed out, just skip past that. But also, I made sure not to say anything too gross. So hopefully, it'll be okay. We talk about Rachel's friend who designed some tea bags, which I love. She sent me some photos of those. So I'll be putting those up on the old Instagram. So go and check that out at Tea Party Pod. Designed by Churry Pear. I believe that's how it's pronounced. But yeah, they're, they're really good, really good tea bags, really cool. So I, I, I might try and get in touch and. And, and try and get some of those tea bags myself. If you do listen past the eye surgery stuff, and I really think that you should, because if you do get to the end, you will find out why you could consider Rachel a genital candy man. And that will that will only make sense at the very end of the podcast. But that is, that is a funny concept. There's also some drilling at the end. Try to edit that out as best as I possibly can. But as you will hear, there is still some left in. My editing abilities can only do so much. Talking about my editing abilities, uh, there there is quite a bit of chat at the beginning about uh, using and editing with Audacity, so i can cut that out because I'm not that interested. Although, if you do edit with Audacity and you want some tips, let me know. I'll send that bit of conversation to you. We do sort of jump straight in to the conversation, but it's fine. But I don't think it's too jarring. It works pretty well. Again, it's come out well because I edit so well. So... Hopefully you enjoy it. Crucially, what you need to do is make sure to go and buy tickets for my Leicester Comedy Festival show. I will also hopefully be previewing it in Southend in the next few weeks, but I'm still waiting to get that booked. So it's not done yet. I may do something online. So look out for that, because then everyone can come along. But definitely... Get tickets for my Leicester show, because at one of those shows, I believe the awards people are going to come down. So I need you there. I'll see you at the end for some plugs. Enjoy. Hello.
1: Hello. I'm genuinely drinking it, like not
0: just for you. Yeah. It's uh, Yeah. So you it's said not even you drink, acting. You, you drink herbal teas in the morning. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, herbal tea, because basically... I love dairy, right? I I love dairy to the most enormous amount. Like, I love cheese probably more than my children. Yeah.
0: But... Hang um, on, wait. Like you, you love my wait. You love cheese family, more than your children love cheese, or you love cheese more than you love your children?
1: More than I love them. Um, Good grief. But, No, I do love them more. <laughs> sure. Ch- Jewish mother and everything. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, like a lot of my family, I'm very lactose intolerant. Uh, And for the first however many years of my life, I would put up with whatever that meant, like whatever discomfort for myself and sometimes those surrounding me that lactose brought on because cheese is delicious. But then I knew it bothered me. So, for example, when I used to be a singer, I would not have anything with milk for 48 hours for a performance because it would affect my throat. And then cue EastEnders' Dramatic Music. I was in a big fire a few years ago, and I sustained quite a lot of damage to my throat from smoke inhalation. And every professional that I saw said to me, you know you have to give up dairy, right? You know, dairy is really bad for you and it's really bad for you specifically.
0: Probably probably give up being in fires as well, I should think.
1: Yeah, so far I've successfully given it up before and after that event. Yeah. But uh, yeah. No, it, was quite, it was quite a drama and I just thought if every consultant that you see says to you don't have it you should probably pay attention so right. now I've changed to oat milk but it's not the same and I can't have I'm allergic to nuts so I can't have a lot of the fake cheeses so I'm really on like the herbals oh yeah
0: the herbal teas right now that's so my sad story we've got to circle back to a couple of things from uh, from from that uh, where, what when were you a singer
1: Always. I started off singing when I was five and I was in like choirs, I was in local kind of community theatre and I was a musical theatre brat as a young child. Oh,
0: cool. I worked in theatre for a long time, so I've been around it. Have you? In what capacity? Oh, uh, Backstage. Technical,
1: right. I was very much front of stage, but also because I wasn't a brilliant dancer, I think I was often given like bits of solos when other dancing was happening so that I could just stand still somewhere and right. sing into a microphone. But uh, yeah, so I did musical theatre for a long time. Then I was in choirs and eventually I was in not just a, a, I was in a vocal harmony group that became, and I want you to like stay still and I don't need to change how you feel about me. I don't want, you know, I'm still remember the little people and everything, but I was in the biggest and best known ultra Orthodox Jewish girl band ever in the UK. Oh my God, I've heard of you
0: for sure. Like that's...
1: uh... Definitely have it. We were really, really famous to ultra orthodox Jewish women. Is all I can tell you yeah, because mean, we only performed in front of women.
0: Oh, okay. And is, is that, that was um, Is that part of a Jewish thing?
1: That's no, a Jewish thing. Right. Uh, for uh very very religious people don't the women don't sing in front of men Ooh. um it's in my first solo show i talked about this quite a lot and it, it, this was the bit where everyone looked at me like i was suddenly doing a ted talk and just nodded and then i had to like insert joke here insert joke here yeah. to make it like not just an re lesson with a particularly bouncy supply teacher <laughs> um so yeah there is this thing and it's to do with the translation of um one word in uh I'm trying to remember which of the holy bits of books it's in. I think it's in... No, I don't remember. But King Solomon is about. I don't know if if you've heard of him biblically. But King Solomon overheard a woman singing... And he it caused him to think of her in this way, using this word. Right. And the word has numerous translations. It can be vulnerable. It can be open, whatever. But there is a nakedness translation. And suddenly at some point in history, the rabbis were like, hang on, if women singing makes men think of them naked, you know, that shouldn't be allowed. So can't sing in front of men anymore because sure. you don't want to tempt, tempt the men. Whereas um, I think that, obviously if you hear a beautiful woman's voice and it makes you think of a vulnerability the same way if you hear a beautiful male voice it does the same thing um i don't abide by that rule but out of the seven of us in our group which was called kol sheva which means the voice of seven in hebrew um, I I've, out, heard, out of our group, I've heard of you of course you have not but four <laughs> people were quite strict about that law so uh or that it's not really a law but that guidance. Yeah. So therefore, that meant as a group, that was our limitation. And I co-wrote um, quite a few of our songs. And we were, at one point, we were super big in that community. Like, I think the biggest gig we did was for about 800 women. Yeah. And um, great. we had a, a single that was released in America, really? <laughs> it was part of an album of contemporary Jewish women's voices. And then like with all, we were kind of like a manufactured band because we were all from the same women's theatre company and then we got kind of put together for something else we had so much fun like we just decided to stay together and do more stuff and um then you know, like with all with all bands, we eventually went our separate ways. But uh, Ruth, who was the musical director of our group, and she was one of the performers, she was in our in Colsheva, she and I continued to work together on other stuff afterwards. And she became a photographer. She does all my press photos, everything done by her. And we recently had a cup of tea together to discuss whether we were going to maybe try and write some new stuff. Oh, nice. Uh, you're hearing it here first, yeah, and also Podcast
0: it may never happen, so, yeah, well, you know, if it does or if it doesn't, I will hear it all the same.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the singer a bit ticked off
0: oh, well, there you go oh for for the listeners, by the way, Rachel is Jewish, oh, yeah, yeah. hi, a professional Jew, yes, yeah, I suspect it may come up conversationally. well, it already has, hasn't it? that's uh, it has, yeah,
1: I... even my mug, my mug has a Jewish pun on it if know. Yeah, it is. It's that's okay. I'll explain to you. It is a letter, a Hebrew letter called Tet. Is the name of the letter, and that's the punctuation called a And so together, that says T as a kind of pun because it's not Uh, the real word for T in Hebrew, but it's like a T sound letter with an I vowel, so T. But it's cleverly shaped to look yeah. like a teapot. It's got little uh, And got little it has like little smoke it. bubbles. Oh lovely. Yeah, yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's my friend Richard designed mugs and he made this one. So yeah, nice. really cool.
0: A Jewish pun. Well, I have I have other puns to show you, by the way. So Go on, yeah. um, because, it's, well, in, in like Jewish yeah, I language I stuff. It? Oh,
1: amazing! Uh, no, these are in these are in everyone's language, right. American. Um, <laughs> I have a friend called Shari Pear, who's a cartoonist, and a tea company commissioned her to make design tea bag packaging oh, for okay. um, important Americans. Although this one is definitely British, so I'll send you pictures of them if you want to share them. Oh, that'd be great! But I've yeah. got Agatha Christie tea with That's a picture
0: brilliant.
1: of Agatha Christie, and that is earl grey we've got dr Martin luther king jr lovely That's picture donald t-rump yeah. which is pure white tea with peach which i think is quite funny very funny we've got hillary Clinton. lovely and araminta ross which is harriet tubman's a previous name she changed her name oh, okay. and then we've got shakespeare mint
0: lovely that's
1: brilliant. I mean, it's quite it's quite visual for a podcast. <laughs> yeah. But also, I thought I've got really talented friends in the region of tea, and this being a tea themed event, I just thought I would show them off to you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who who is that? That's
1: Sherry Pear, cartoonist. She used to be the Red Bull cartoonist. Oh, really? And
0: she does other stuff. Like yeah, for the adverts.
1: Yeah, and also a Jew.
0: Well, who there knew? you go. Amazing. So I mean this so right just for uh, just for context by the way I did, I didn't uh, mention this previously because this uh, specifically is the Christmas episode which is why I thought it would be particularly interesting to have uh, a Jewish person on because Jesus was Jewish but, uh, Well this is exactly the point yeah J- Jesus was Jewish that is uh, that is well known cuz I've got a lot of Jewish friends some of whom well most of whom are they're not practicing uh, so mm-hmm. they're they're culturally Jewish but not uh, Religiously, but you you are obviously religiously Jewish. Yeah, yeah. I've been
1: practicing so long; I'm quite good at it now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah, very well versed. Thank you. Do you do, you, uh, do Christmas uh, to any extent, or
1: uh, no? We don't. Well, we don't observe Christmas uh, as a family at all. And in fact, a lot of my dad's side of the family uh have been in the medical profession in some way. Right. So that meant that they always worked over Christmas because they covered for their christmas celebrating colleagues yeah, and i used to be in social work and i always worked over christmas for the same reason that my colleagues would cover me for yom kippur or whatever so generally speaking no but then they'd often have my uh, extended family would have boxing day off and we would do a kind of family get-together just because it was so rare for people to not be working right my cousins used to do like a big family get-together but it was never a christmas meal that we've not i've never had a tree I've I've pulled a cracker in my life, I've touched tinsel, but um, yeah, I've never sure, had it, not and I was it. always a bit, <laughs> not to tinsel, so far, but yeah, I, I've talked a lot about Christmas in my stand-up, because I do really love it, it's so, I mean, in a kind of Britishy way, yeah, it always seems like fun and glamorous, and I mean, and I love Hanukkah, or Hanukkah as it's correctly pronounced, but I love Hanukkah a lot, it's brilliant, donuts, candles, you know, nothing wrong with yeah. any of that, But um, I don't know. And we did succumb last year. And I don't know if people will be judgmental about this, but we succumbed to Hanukkah fairy lights because it was so miserable last year when we were still kind of, in terms of the pandemic, we could only meet people outside and all of that. We're still six people and outdoors and all that. Yeah. And uh, because part of Hanukkah is you light the candelabra, the menorah, you light it in the window, in theory, the window facing the street, because it's about publicising the miracle of the Festival of Lights. Right, okay. So I wanted to, and I thought about how our neighbours, because it coincided a bit more closely with Christmas last year, our neighbours all had like gorgeous lights everywhere. And I was in one of the Jewish shops and they had... Hanukkah themed fairy lights so I just thought if all we've got is these windows because we can't have people over we can't go out with people whatever then why not cheer everyone up a little bit as well so we put up our uh, fairy lights and we had them this year again and I think now now we're fully Hanukkah fairy lighted forever yeah but still but not a tree that is a different thing
0: well because I was reading this last night because I got on the internet knowing that this was the Christmas episode and googled, "Do Jewish people celebrate Christmas?" and uh, I discovered that there is a, uh, a, a, a how do you pronounce it hanukkah I can't
1: hanukkah very good oh, yeah you. just clear your throat
0: yeah hanukkah
1: yeah,
0: yeah. perfect uh, there's a hanukkah bush. uh... yeah
1: some people do that I mean I think because for a lot of people Christmas has become such a kind of a cultural thing as opposed to religious thing yeah and so they try and kind of combine those things and particularly in families of mixed faith like if one parent is Jewish and one parent is Christian or or one of them is a non-practicing whatever it is or atheist even you know they're just from a secular point of view they're you know they're nice to have they're pretty you could decorate them it's fun to put presents on. like i totally get the appeal yeah. and i've got like much like you i've got a lot of non-jewish friends obviously and uh, i grew up on an estate in essex where there weren't that many jewish families uh, let's be honest yeah. so i was quite used to going to people's houses where there were trees but um, so some people like to get a tree and decorate it with jewish symbols instead and put their presents under it i mean that's not a thing my family does, but and I'm not judging anyone. I see why you'd want to. It's fun.
0: Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's uh, very enjoyable. Really, um, I don't know, it changes uh, changes your mood. I think you sort of walk into Definitely. a room and Christmas stuff.
1: I love it. I love going to people's houses and they've got trees and it's it does it feels jolly. There's no denying it. It does it does bring the jolliness. There is there is a weird actually there is a weird custom amongst very orthodox Jews. They just they call Christmas Nittel um, in Yiddish, which I think just means the, like something like the not, not our night or right. nothing night. Maybe it's nothing night. And instead, and to make sure you're not celebrating Christmas, you do lots of religious learning instead. Oh, okay. So you kind of spend your time on Talmudic learning instead yeah. of celebrating Christmas. I, I mean, I haven't bought into, I haven't gone to either extreme there. <laughs> no. But um, crap, we did some Christmassy things but they weren't celebrating Christmas as such. And probably the most Christmassy thing we did was that my grandma used to take me and my sister up to the West End to Selfridges and Harrods to Santa's Grotto to sit on his knee and get a present yeah, just nice. to see the lights and to uh, like have the present just for the fun. And they didn't, obviously they didn't do like a religion check on, on the entrance to the grotto or anything like no. anyone was allowed in. And um, yeah, so we were allowed to do that as long as we didn't in any way else engage, like no letters, up chimneys, no stockings. We did get presents and cards from non-Jewish friends and relatives. And my husband's family, He's got a lot of non Jewish family members. Like he was the first one of all his cousins on one side to marry within the Jewish faith. The rest all married out. And so he's got a, quite a large amount of his extended family who aren't Jewish. And one of the cousins who is puts on most years, obviously not now, because I don't know if you know there's a little virus thing, but um,
0: familiar with, I have it.
1: Most years she puts on a big party. <laughs> oh yeah, of course oh, I should have asked how you're feeling Do you need chicken soup?
0: Oh <laughs> uh, no, I'm fine Yeah, no, it's all good Actually, chicken soup would be lovely But uh, yeah, I'm oh, a big, big fan of it. I pop round Yeah, um, but, <laughs> but you can't come in But
1: Yeah, she makes this party And it, you give Christmas cards and presents To the non-Jewish people And you do Hanukkah ones for the Jewish people And she tells me what she's making And I make like a kosher equivalent So there's food for everyone And yeah, so we're a blended family oh,
0: So is there a kosher... Pigs in blankets.
1: I mean, yeah, less bacony.
0: <laughs> yeah, think it's right because there's a lot of people like bacon is the uh, you know the the sticking point if you will for a lot of people who say they can never be vegan because they're like oh yeah but right. I love uh, I love bacon. Like, really? Take it or leave it. I'm not too fussed by bacon. I've never had it. Yeah, but pigs in blankets. Very good. Yeah, Joe big four
1: Jewish comedian. Yeah. He that's I think the thing he wouldn't give up. He loves pigs in blankets. He's got quite a lot of material about them.
0: Yeah. I had uh, I did I had a joke about pigs in blankets for a little while which I occasionally bring out at Christmas time. People quite enjoy it. And it's just that I thought pigs in blankets were my favourite Christmas food. Like, I love them. I absolutely love them, like, every year. So I just eat so many of them. But then I think it's fair to say that your favourite Christmas food should be the food that you eat the most at that time of year, which is why I came to realise that my favourite Christmas food must be sellotape.
1: (laughs) That's a good joke. I like it. (laughs)
0: Thank you. (laughs) I told someone every day and they were like, I don't get it.
1: No, it's got like the smell of
0: truth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is everyone just going, oh, yeah, I do. I do consume a lot of sellotape, actually. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Although, uh, yeah, not this year because I, I went to um, it's my nephew's birthday yesterday. Oh, happy birthday! And uh, I, had to, I had to wrap his present, and I sort of I'd normally bite the sellotape, and I was like, eh, "No, I better not do that." Actually,
1: no. Oh my god, it's like <laughs> sending, sending rice in. COVID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That would be horrendous. Your poor nephew, like he's like, wow, a truck, and also COVID.
0: <laughs> yeah. Are you yeah. feeling like right? Scramble, right scramble, actually. Sorry. Yeah, I'm fine. Uh scribble scramble is what I call. What is that? It's a little game where you've got to like you've got to get the uh it's a like a big ball bearing and you've got to get it from one end of the sort of track to the other by like sort of pushing buttons and Sounds twisting good. things. And yeah. It was massive in the nineties. They brought out another one. Right. And uh and so he was asking for it. So it's like, yes, absolutely, I will get you that.
1: I think we had something like that. It was it looked like a games console type thing, and then you had to move it around and the ball... Moved on different like levels. Is that it?
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds similar. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that could be it.
1: Quite frustrating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That that sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost definitely it. So yeah. is, this, is this
1: your first round of COVID?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the uh, the latest one as well. Thought I'd jump straight in with the update.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing out of the joke, not the <laughs> not laughing at you and your COVID. That would be really cruel. Cool. Yeah.
0: Um, no, oh. it's fine. It's it, the the only thing really is that uh, my my wife has got it, and mm. but she got it later, so it's it's basically cancelled at Christmas because uh, I would have been out of isolation just in time. But then then I gave it to her. So yeah, you probably
1: there shouldn't
0: you really just leave her on her own while you go partying. It would be unfair. Yeah, plus she's pregnant, so that would oh, be. Wow, yeah. um, that's, well, uh, that's a big announcement. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. uh, That's the first time I'm able to talk about it on the podcast.
1: How exciting. uh,
0: Yeah, because the last two episodes of this, which I've released recently, but recorded in July. Mm. So, uh, but I just, life got in the way, but uh, like I bought a new house and uh, sort of got promoted at work. So I ended up with sort of loads more hours on my plate and then uh, pregnancy. So yeah, everything sort of got in the way of everything else.
1: You've done like all the big life stages in six months. It's been...
0: Yeah, well, I got married a year ago, so... yeah, It's
1: amazing you're still got standing.
0: Married, you know, once you caught COVID... I, I'm, well, that's it. I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I need to sit down. And this is, this is, yeah, 10 days of sitting down. It's not too, too bad. bad. It's a bit boring, but, you know. Yeah. I keep myself very well entertained. I've got a PlayStation 5. Okay. Uh, I've got a lot of TV to watch and a lot of sitcom to write, so... What have you yeah, been watching? What have I been watching? So, The Witcher, uh, the second series of that came out the other day. So, I've been watching that. Mm-hmm. I realised that I because uh, I I thought I'd missed like the last series of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Turns out I've got like three series to catch up on. So, uh, I'm watching that in a minute. Amazing. Nearly done. I love that. It's, see, do you know that it never goes down in quality? No,
1: it's brilliant. But uh, yeah. the Survivor episode of Curb Enthusiasm is one of my favourite episodes of anything ever in history, ever. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I just find it hilarious. It's cringe. My husband can't watch the show at all. He can't deal with the cringe yeah. factor. Whereas my wife I, can't. I, I think it's it just makes me laugh so much. And yeah. um, just that, for anyone listening who hasn't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's the idea that you can invite, you can feel that you're both inviting someone to a Jewish Friday night dinner um, who's a survivor and it can have very different meanings. And it's beautiful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No spoilers. It's just, it's so good. But yeah, just everything, everything about that show is just amazing. So Mm. if you don't watch it already, then you really should.
1: Unless you hate it, in which case, don't.
0: It's not for you. Yeah. What else have I been watching? Oh, I've just uh, I signed up to uh, Next Up recently so I've just watched loads of stand up.
1: Oh, that's nice. Oh,
0: that's yeah. Uh, that's like yeah. watching
1: all our friends doing it and we're not on it. <laughs> oh,
0: that's literally what it is. I'm going through <laughs> my friends first and go like, "Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen this show before."
1: I did a thing on Next Up with um David Badil and they uh not just me a few of us together and okay. um they just put it up temporarily, it's not on there anymore. And I don't know why. Oh, really? And I keep emailing them to say I'd love to I'd love to actually have that somewhere, like have yeah, a copy yeah, of yeah. it, whatever. Because it was interesting and funny and it's me on, on the sort of telly. Um but yeah, they, they've, stopped, they've stopped replying now. So I think they might be like, <laughs> please stop writing to us.
0: Yeah. Although I, I find the best way to get someone to uh stop stop sending you stuff is just given what they want
1: yeah I mean it's not difficult and it's not like I mean I was in it but
0: uh, there you go I think it should have stayed
1: on it was a a kind of panel discussion about being Jewish in the comedy industry in Britain and people we talked about like our material we talked about our experiences like experiences of anti-Semitism, and just sort of people the the sort of reactions of audiences really, I guess, because for example, in America, Jewish culture sort of seeps into everyday culture. So for example, words like chutzpah for cheekiness, it's a word everybody knows. Like you could go to wherever yeah. and you could say, oh, that guy here had so much but I can't do accents. But, you know, pretty much most <laughs> Americans would know what that means. Uh, whereas yeah, here, yeah, yeah. there isn't that commonality of language. People have watched sitcoms that have Jewish influence like Seinfeld and Friends and whatever, which might not, you know, they're not about... Jews, as such, but they have that kind of turn of phrase. But it hasn't yeah. somehow filtered. Not enough people have watched it for it to have filtered into common language, even because we're talking about musical theatre. There's a, a very famous musical called Falsettos, which is about a Jewish family. And it was huge, huge on Broadway, and everyone knew it. And it has, I mean, it's about a family getting ready for a bar mitzvah and the dad comes out as gay and he moves in with his partner and there's it's a very um it was a very groundbreaking piece of theatre but even when it was put on here and it was part there was a lot of controversy actually when it was put on here for numerous reasons which we can go into if you want but one of the issues was that there isn't the um familiarity with that language and that sort of phrase in the UK. So that was the thing we talked about right. quite a bit, I think, on the programme, about when we're writing. I, I often get asked, do I change my material if I'm performing, let's say, in a synagogue or in um Ross McGrain's club? I'm just going to say that because yeah. you and I both perform there together a lot. And I don't really change it at all because I just try and make sure that whatever I'm saying is accessible anyway because... You can't guarantee yeah. everyone in that synagogue is going to have the same speech pattern as my rabbi growing up or whatever. So you just have to be Absolutely, yeah. accessible. But yeah, we've talked about well, that that's, quite
0: a bit. That's sort of part of what I do as well, because like a lot of I don't I don't talk about weird things, but I talk about stuff in sort of a, a very side eaves manner, if mm. you will. You know, like everything I do is sort of from my skewed perspective and I've, I found for a long time that I was writing stuff and there'd be certain people would chime in with that and they'd be like oh yeah absolutely like I get it mm. but that you wouldn't get everyone getting on board they'd be like oh okay like oh yeah I understand where you're coming from but it's not for me so that's yeah it's sort of a, it's a thing isn't it to write so that it becomes more accessible yeah like forever. your voice but,
1: yeah. and your like your tale to tell whatever that might be or your jokes but you obviously want the most people as possible in the room to kind of get a sense of where you're coming from otherwise you might as well just stay at home and and perform in front of the mirror with a hairbrush which uh, obviously I do as well but uh, (laughs) yeah so it was it was an interesting show and also because there are some there are some Jewish performers who've not really experienced anti-semitism on the circuit or um, from acts or from promoters or from audiences and then there are others who really have so it was um interesting to hear everybody talking about their personal experiences and um I think I'm gonna lobby next up to put it back up. It was it was a good show. That was funny. Yeah, sounds
0: good. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah well that's that's all you need. Yeah. Funny and interesting. Because let's face it some of the stand up that is around. Not that funny is interesting but
1: you know or <laughs> well, some of it is neither which is which is harsh. Yeah.
0: Um, And I'm going to just,
1: um, I'm going to update my tea side because I'm familiar with your podcast somewhat and I'm aware that often it goes on for a while. So what I did was (laughs) I had (laughs) a cup of tea ready and then I've got a new tea in a, in a thermosy mug thing waiting to be put into my mug here.
0: So let's circle back to that because that was something else I was going to bring up because while you were telling me about being a singer and, and all of that, you also mentioned the tea. So... Uh, what tea were you drinking first?
1: I was drinking peppermint tea first, which is, I think, a good lovely standard morning drink. And now I've moved on yeah. to... um what brand? It is... Now I'm trying to remember the name of the company. No, it's, a, it's a nice brand, but I can't think of what it's called uh, because it was on special offer. So I treated myself. Oh, okay.
0: Pucker. Oh, Pucker tea. Yeah, lovely.
1: Pucker yeah. tea. Yeah. So now I've moved on to lemon ginger manuka honey. Um. Mm
0: which is a follow-up tea. That sounds like that would be particularly good for my throat right now.
1: It is good for your throat. And I, you know, I mentioned before I was in this fire and afterwards that's when I really took to finding good throat-related teas. And yeah. I went to see a naturopath about it. Um, what ha- is that? that? I have a lot of jokes about all of this, um, which I feel like I've told so often now because it's been going on for a few years. Um, A naturopath sort of looks at um, natural remedies for things based on your holistic body and whatever. Just a lot of people said to me, do that. I did all the NHS stuff. Is that not
0: essentially a homeopath?
1: I think a homeopath is a bit different because a homeopath is like um, take an extract of sore throats that's been dissolved in 9 million percent water and breathe on it and then... Well, I've been to homeopaths before
0: <laughs> <That is laughs> I've been to everything is, yeah.
1: at some point but a naturopath is more like oh instead of having all these chemicals you could have this instead so um, right, okay. she she advised me to drink um a mixture and this is what and if I've got a bad throat honestly this is what I drink and I make it in a thermos blast um, other brands are available and I leave it to stew and then it, I kind of dilute it into a tea and it's Fresh mint, fresh sage, fresh thyme, fresh turmeric, peppercorns, ginger. I apologise to all front rows of audiences when I've been drinking this. Um, what else is in it? Um, manuka honey or any kind of honey, and then you can have manuka. If you, I'll talk to you about manuka in a second. But anyway, honey yeah. and... Yeah. And oh, fresh ginger, fresh lemon. And you put it all in and you kind of let it steep and stew and turn that into a tea. You have to be careful with the turmeric because it stains everything. And that is my bad throat remedy tea. I recommend it. It tastes really weird, but I sort of got used to it.
0: Yeah. That's, um, I mean, that's, i I'm gonna. I'm got to listen back to that and then write all of that down and then possibly make it at some point yeah don't, well, i mean so just copyright to me
1: because like if you ended up selling it and making a fortune then
0: just bear in mind it's mine uh, uh that's isn't that copyright to your naturopath
1: well she sort of said yeah combine some of these and i was like yeah i'm chucking it all in what's the worst that can happen <laughs> yeah. it does it does help it's nice
0: yeah? it's weird but nice go on so yeah let's talk about that but also uh you, you've brought the fire up twice now and yeah. no, I'm, I'm intrigued is that... I mean, that, that could be a horrible memory, so don't talk about it if it is, but that's...
1: I mean, yeah, but it's an unusual memory. Right. Okay. Well, Manuka honey just, like, is the most incredible thing because you could heal a burn with it, right? It's an amazing, amazing thing. And... Um, you can have it as like I would say you Don't buy the most Expensive manuka You can afford Go for when there's A sailor in Holland At Barrett And don't put it In hot drinks And dilute it Have like a teaspoon And swallow it slowly And it will help Your bad throats Trust me Oh okay I'm like a witch <laughs> But the fire um, Was quite a It was quite an interesting thing Because like I guess I, I'm assuming you Most of our friends In comedy I'm like a proper Lefty liberal Type and Nambi Bambi yeah. theatre type. And I was performing and working in Israel. I was sort of performing a bit and then I was running some workshops and comedy workshops in Israel and right. went to uh, stay actually with my uh, cousins of my husband who were happened to also be friends of mine before we ever became married people. Uh, their son was having his bar mitzvah in the middle of this tour. So I went to stay there. For the bar and I was accommodated by a really nice family who live near them, and they live in a in a village which some people will describe as a settlement, but it's it's older than that, so it's been around a long right. time. And where it is might be sort of let's say questionable now in terms of the complexity of things going on in the Middle East, but okay. it wasn't always. So it's one of those things where it's a, because boundaries change and the politics change and the regions you know people's views of the regions shift around so while yeah. now it's a kind of contentious place that isn't it's history if that makes sense right yeah, yeah, um, of course, yeah But anyway, I didn't really think much about that I've got a lot of family in Israel and I'm also very strict about when I do stuff there it's open to anyone you know in the majority of Israel that it's not an apartheid state like people imagine. So I've had people of all denominations and colours and creeds, yeah. et cetera, and everything, like you'd imagine. So uh, anyway, so I'd been based mainly in Jerusalem, a bit in Tel Aviv, and then I went for Sabbath for, uh, to stay in this village. And it was a really weird dry season. They have a season similar to Australia, where the weather gets very, very hot and very, very dry, and there are occasional bushfires. And right. Unfortunately, when there's – I'm trying to be so circumspect in my language because I'm not a political comedian and I don't want to kind of turn it into something this isn't, but um, when there's periods of unrest in the area, then sometimes people wishing to cause disruption will use that dry, hot weather and the high winds that are brilliant for the bushfires to uh, artificially create some and that's right, basically okay. what happened i was staying with this really nice family who i didn't know um in the back room of their house on the ground floor and it was friday night i hadn't been in bed very long like maybe 20 minutes half an hour i heard a weird noise smells a kind of strange smell. We knew there were the fires happening whatever, and there's always the vague possibility if a fire comes in your general direction, you might get a warning to kind of move or to do whatever. But yeah. um, what it transpired had happened was that terrorists, because this is a terrorist act, regardless of your political stance, um, yeah, think, had yeah. approached the back area of this village where I was, this house was on the perimeter, and they'd lobbed Molotov cocktails over the fence and started one of these enormous, enormous fires, which cause everything was dry as tinder everywhere, and not the not the app tinder, the kind of fire lighting Tinder. Got you. And uh yeah, everything was very dry. It was high winds, it was very hot. So as soon as these burst into flame, it created a massive wall of flames and set the place on fire and uh, we had to flee with in what we were in in my pajamas wearing one of their kids coats and luckily because I'm quite lazy I hadn't really unpacked my rucksack so I just grabbed my rucksack and my phone I didn't have my charger I left all kinds of other things in the room but anyway I had the majority of my stuff and we kind of had to we had to run for it and there'd been a kind of oh if there's a fire meet in the kind of community center and this that but that yeah. wasn't even viable because this was like this was like a wall of flame in a kind of maybe a a, a 90s film where they had a lot of money for the special effects like a big budget i've yeah, never yeah, seen yeah. anything like it it had huge cinders like the sides of bricks falling down all over the place in front of you it was quite horrendous and they had emergency services they had whatever and at the time they assumed it was just a, a bushfire and then they found on cctv it was uh started intentionally and uh it was what was incredible is through the kind of through people's caring and consideration and people in the local areas, compassion. I mean, 300 and something families and all the visitors were evacuated. And I was one of the worst injured because I just happened to be, unfortunately, positioned where this all kicked off. So I had the most exposure to the smoke and I didn't obviously have equipment. The firefighters all had, you know, filters and whatever. I didn't have anything like that. So, and also I was wearing inappropriate shoes, for running away from a fire because they were kind yeah, of clogs yeah, yeah. like stagey clogs and so i sort of twisted my ankle and i fell over and i also oh carried God. this massive rucksack just on one shoulder because it wasn't thinking about it so i pulled i pulled lots of muscles i had lots of cuts and scrapes and i had this sort of really problem uh massive problem with my throat from the smoke inhalation and uh, but i managed to get out and the where we were staying was um a, it was about maybe half an hour away from where one of my brothers lives and the person, uh, people just basically from the village brought all their cars to the front and whoever, and they took whoever like if they had their family, they took their family but if not, if, you know, who, you just got into the next car and it happened that their car we got into, they were travelling beyond that area where my brother lives so they were able to drop me and um, some other family members of my extended family outside my brother's house at sort of three o'clock in the morning, reeking of smoke, wow. covered in soot banged on the door gave him a fright he woke up and let us in and then uh the people I was with it was my husband's aunt and uncle and their kids had all got into a different car and so then we had like the whole stress of trying to find we knew they'd be taken somewhere safe, but we didn't know where they were. We didn't know who had them. Uh, they weren't they weren't young kids. Uh, they were in their 20s, but one of them has right. learning difficulties. So it was quite stressful trying to find once we knew where they were and that they were being looked after. We were being looked after then, you know, it was OK. But the people I was staying with their house and the about the five houses in that little cluster, they were burnt to the ground. Wow. So that was quite a big drama. God, you asked, now you know.
0: Yeah, I apologise. I shouldn't have ruined the podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, do you know what? It's a, it was a very interesting experience for a lot of reasons. I mean, it's, it can only be an interesting experience if you get away from it lightly, which obviously we all did. Yeah, of but course, yeah. not obviously for the people whose houses. I mean, most houses needed repairs. I mean, lots of houses had terrible smoke damage, or um, you know, or damage from the water from uh, the fires being put out. But um, yeah. not all of them were burnt down to the ground. They were very. Well set up, there was help from I think actually local Arab village. Actually, they came and helped put the fires out, and oh, there was really? a lot of cooperative working because it's in everybody's interest for there to not be fires. And, yeah, um, of course. so yeah, it was interesting in lots of ways. And one was people's reactions to it, like friends. And colleagues um, in our industry and people's reactions and the assumption I'd become a little bit racist now as a natural after effect really? of this experience was quite an interesting one.
0: Yeah, you can see how you may have got there, but I don't think I'd assume.
1: Yeah, and, and that isn't what happened i just sort of I, I i don't get into politics on facebook but i did write about this event because it was in the yeah. it was in the news and everything and i just thought i should say i'm safe this is what happened from my experience and i can only talk yeah, about yeah. my experience but um a lot of people using quite horrible language <laughs> i said um you know I I sort of have allowed myself to be quite hostile towards the people who actually physically started that fire, but I'm not going to hate everyone a little bit browner than me because of it, who had nothing to do with it. And also it's a complicated system out there and people have very extreme feelings. So while it's an absolutely unacceptable way of showing your extreme feelings, um, you've got to look at the wider, I think the wider picture um, and maybe have an understanding of that before. And what was really interesting, I what I'd been publicising what I was doing on this trip, and one of the things was going to. Um, an arab school is how it was described to me so this is not me like that's not a, ne- a negative term uh to yeah. do a day of improv workshops with some of their kids i guess equivalent to sixth formers um right. they they were doing the english and drama it was in a very very poor area far up north and i i'd been invited i was the first Guest person coming in to run sessions with them because they never had the money. And the person who was booking my kind of tour and um workshop trip had somehow they'd got in touch with her, and together they'd found funding to cover me coming in to do comedy improv workshops with these kids. And I was right. really looking forward to it. And it was meant to be the next day. And we called the school. I think actually the school heard about it and they called us. They said, we quite understand if you don't want to come. And I was like, no, I do still want to come. I might not be able to come tomorrow, like if we could just postpone it. So we put it um, off for a couple of days. But I had quite a lot of messages from people saying, well, I assume you're not going to go to the Arab school now. And I was like, well, that's a very odd assumption. And 50% of them, I think, were people thinking I have to... I don't know if they were thinking I have to punish everybody for what happened with these two guys or whether naturally now I'm going to steer well clear because I'll be afraid or whether assuming, but I think there were some people assuming that I was going to change my attitude. I think that was the thing, but I said, these are kids. They're about 400 miles away or something from where this took place. I don't think I can hold them responsible. You know, they're just no. kids. And if we all stop talking to each other, where does that lead us? So um, I yeah, went.
0: absolutely,
1: And it was amazing. And when I got there, the staff who we'd been in touch with, you know, in the planning, they'd gone and they made sure there was like um, food. They had kosher, pita and hummus and all kinds of yummy stuff and biscuits. And they wanted me to sit down first and be welcome. And then the kids had, and it was really amazing and the kids you know all kids living in countries which are in sort of stressful unrest have a lot of issues about it regardless of what side of the conversation they might fall on and um they were very open about it so in their comedy and in their stand-up it got very dark and even in their improv very dark because they live in quite a dark kind of time so yeah of course so it was fun and amazing and I wouldn't have dreamt of not going and um i'm very pleased that i did go and yeah, yeah it was quite a thing so now you have the whole story um but yeah, not the no, comedy
0: no. version but the actual version no 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 is there a comedy version well it's in
1: my show it's no job for a nice jewish girl i talk about right. it because it was a way of coping with it at the time and um, yeah, of course talking about a bit about how that my thoughts i had like everything we I don't know if you're the same but pretty much everything that happens now gets filtered through a comedy brain oh
0: while it's happening yeah While it's
1: happening absolutely and mostly massively inappropriate and um yeah so I've got quite a bit about what I thought during the fire where my brain was and then my obsessions afterwards the things I became obsessed with and yeah that's a that's the way that we process stuff to own it isn't it
0: yeah But I said, I mean, because my show that I'm working on now uh, is called Cyclops about how I had uh, eye surgery, right?
1: uh, Because
0: I sort of I had a number of eye surgeries, one of which left me sort of blind in one eye for a while. Oh wow! But then, I mean, I don't think at at that time I was thinking like that was that was pretty bad. I don't (laughs) think at that time I was thinking, well, this will be funny. Yeah. (laughs) Like later down the line, I when I was getting my cataract surgery. I was in the waiting room and stuff was happening, and I was like, "Write this down, Write this down right now. Like, <laughs> don't forget this." And like, I was on the, uh, I was on the bed, sort of getting the surgery done, and there was stuff happening. I was like, "This is very funny. <laughs> like, this will be this. This is fairly funny now. It'll be much funnier on stage once I've written it and survived." So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now that's uh, It's it's a, it's a good story. It's very funny.
1: I'm excited to see it um yeah. i think actually if comedians have operations and stuff they should let us record everything that happens because once they start giving anaesthetics and everything you're not going to remember yeah. to write everything down but like you should say um when they're sign when you're signing your consent form there should be a box that you can tick that says um your phone will be allowed to record or something well
0: <laughs> yeah from yeah, this yeah. moment
1: on just in case anything we happens. have to tick
0: so many things that like because i mean there was you know the, the woman came around and she uh that, like when I was in a waiting room, like she was the nurse and she, uh, she had a, a clipboard and she's taking details. And I just remember when she asked me, she just leant over and she said, so which eye is it you think you're having surgery on today? I was like, <laughs> I'm not the one you should be asking about that. That is very much a question for the surgeon, surely. Wow. Jesus. Did they have to put yeah. like
1: a marker pen cross on the right? Yeah, she
0: drew a big arrow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And then like when I was in there, because, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk too much about it because it is very much part of the story. But then also... It's, it's a, a short part of the story that is an hour-long show, but they, you know, in like hospital TV TV shows when they're doing surgeries, they always put like a big sort of paper thing, like where they're sort of doing the surgery,
1: yeah, with a hole in it.
0: Do you That's mean? it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they put one of those over my eye. Yeah. So like they'd covered up the arrow, anyway. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> I hope he remembers which one it was. Oh. Uh,
1: I think eye yeah. surgery is one of the most scary surgeries.
0: Because can you see pleasant. when it's happening? Well no or were you asleep? I was no, I was awake for that one. <laughs> uh I could have been asleep. So basically because of COVID, they weren't doing any surgeries that involved general anaesthetic at the time because they couldn't uh they couldn't spend a bed. Oh well, I
1: don't even know what to say uh, about they, that. Wow.
0: Yeah, but they do cataract surgery either under local or general anesthetic and they and it was getting to a point where like my eye was really affecting me and they said, Listen, we can we can do it but you you'd have to have it done under local anesthetic like is mm. that okay and i was like yeah i guess so like sure you know let's let's just get it done because otherwise it could have been a few months like we didn't know i think as it turns out it would have been it would have been much longer than that mm. so I was like, yeah fine, let's let's do it, and uh, you know, I've got some stories out of it, so it's very funny. did but... you at
1: least have like a valium or something
0: no uh no the no, so literally all I had was they put eye drops in my eye mm. that were just numbing and they just numbed my eye and like not even the local area like I could feel sort of you know my my eyebrow and that, but uh I just couldn't feel my actual eyeball, and presumably you know it numbed sort of whatever it touched, but they had it sort of wedged open with a uh like a Clockwork Orange style contraption, right? Yeah, so. Um, God, mm. I mean, I, yeah, it's interesting to me. That's but the because worst. I, I couldn't, I couldn't really see. Yeah, it was horrendous. That not actually the worst thing that happened. The worst thing that happened was after that because. So I've I've got uh, I had a corneal graft. So I've got someone else's cornea in my eye. Okay. But where it's done, like because because I've gone blind from a thing that I won't mention on this because it might make people stop listening, but. Yeah, so they had to do it quite hastily. Like just without the proper planning. Obviously they still they they took their time doing the surgery. They did it very well. But as a result, it wasn't like that my eye wasn't the perfect shape when they put it on, so like there's sort of some issues. So as a result, I was on a high dosage of steroid drops for a long time. Which caused the cataract to grow. Okay. So, by having the cataract surgery, like the, the, the cornea had settled very well, much better than they thought it would do. Mm. But the cataract surgery caused it to sort of essentially wake up and go, nope, I'm out of here. So, my cornea was trying to. I uh, oh.
1: don't
0: know what that was. Is it so your my cornea, cornea was trying, to trying to escape? Uh, yeah, it was, it, started, it started to reject. And so what, what happened that was the worst thing that has ever happened is I had a couple of injections directly into my eyeball, uh, for which I was awake. Yeah, which and that was uh, that was the worst, the worst of any of the like, I've had five, I think, not operations necessarily, procedures. but procedures uh, on my eye. And that was that was by far and away the worst one. And I've had like a, I've had a number of other surgeries as well, but that is still the worst.
1: How did yeah. you keep your head still for them to do it? Oh, uh,
0: just knowing that if I moved, I, I, I might go blind. Right. <laughs> so I had no choice but to stay still. Because like years and there was ago, a nurse holding I was, my hand, um, just sort of rubbing my hand, and I was like, I'm so glad she's doing that. Uh, uh, it was uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah,
1: years ago, um, I was driving. To, I was going somewhere in Essex. Don't remember where. Uh, I was on the A12 and in front of me was like uh, one of those we take away your rubbish type trucks, yeah. Where, but not with closed door van, one which had like a bed van thing at the back. I can't think what the word right, is. Okay. A truck bed, do you know what I mean? An open Flat thing. Edge, yeah. And as we were driving on the A12, there was a big gust of wind and loads of like debris came out of it and it came through my... Um, air holes in my car. I don't know why anything's called on a car. Um, vent, vents. vents thing. It came through there and it went in my eyes and I had to like pull my over eyes. to the sides of the road. And then I realised like I managed to like wipe my eyes and I had some water in the car and I splashed my eyes, but there was something in my eyes, really, really painful. So I went to see an optician like as an emergency and they said, yeah, there's something in your eye. It looks like a bit of metal or something. You're going to have to go up to... I guess it was more fields or someone like that and have them take it out for you. Cause obviously it could cause an infection and all kinds of stuff. So I went up to the hospital and they put my head like in this contraption so they could see they put drops in to make everything like, big in my eye or whatever. And it was really sore by that point. And I had to like rest my chin on this thing. And then they, uh, they had to look and said, yeah, yeah, we can see it's like a little sliver of metal. We just need to flick it out with a needle. I was like, hold on a minute. You have to do what now? Said, no, it's fine. It's not going in your eye. It's just, you know, it's kind of it's the end of it is in the rest of it isn't. We just need to flick it out. Flick it out with a needle, and I was like, "Right, but what you're telling me is that you're going to put a needle in my eye." They kept saying it's not going in your eye anyway. So I said, "Let's just try it. Like it won't hurt." They did the same thing as you. They put some sort of numbing drops in, yeah. And um, I rested my chin on this thing, and it came towards me with this needle at mine. I flinched away, and he said, "No, no, you have to stay still." So I said, "No, I am. I am trying to stay still." And this happened about, I know thousand times and he was getting more and more frustrated and I said like it's not on purpose but it is there's an involuntary reaction I think by most people if someone approaches you towards your eye with a needle whatever so I think he then clamped my head into a something I did and put tape so that it stays open and then he just very um, then he put the needle like near my hovered it so that I wouldn't know when it was going to move then he eventually did manage to like Flick this thing out, and then I like freaked out. I had to run around the room for a few minutes just to like deal with the stress. And then he said, "Right, put your put your head in. Let me have another look." He had to look. Said, "Yeah, it's definitely gone. I'm just going to put some ointment on there." And this, to me, this was the worst bit, worse than the needle, right? Because he put this ointment on it, and then I I blinked, which is like obviously a quite natural reaction to stuff going in your eye. I blinked. Yeah. And then um, my eye stays closed and I said I can't open my eye he goes oh, yeah I know I did the ointment and then the other stuff is glue it's just like keep the special antiseptic kind of glue it just keeps your eye shut while the ointment says stop you getting an infection I said but you didn't tell me you didn't tell me I'm not no, going to open my eye it anymore and he goes oh did I forget and I, said, I said he said it'll wear off in a day or two <laughs> and I was like well, I can't open my eye you want to know you want to have like a good blink you want to like give it yeah. a little rug do something yeah, well, yeah, which yeah. Like one didn't... last go it glued my eyes shut without telling me if I was American Jesus. I would
0: sue well yeah that'd be fair enough yeah glued my eyes shut
1: yeah bloody hell I know I don't know I feel I've brought this to a worse <laughs> place I, we, you know, we've been through a fire we've been through your cataract surgery I think that glue we've taken this to you know a horrifying place yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it, it feels like a good time to go to the uh, the, the tea based questions okay. uh, that I like to ask for a bit of light relief. Uh, <laughs> well, ask. this hasn't
1: been light. I think it's been frothy as <laughs> anything.
0: Uh, is uh, come and see my show where I talk about it in great detail.
1: <laughs> do do see his show and uh, my show about the fire uh, was going to be filmed by next up, but then there was a pandemic and it never happened
0: oh god well hopefully it will happen because you, you're still That's doing it. that show because you, have you been doing that show for like a few years years and years yeah i've sort of stopped it
1: now um except for i would have done it for that um yeah. but um i did the tour i did it in various festivals here and then i did a tour of it here and then i did a tour, a tour of it in israel actually and then it was supposed to go last year to america and this year to america and then to australia so the festivals there, but. Um, Things got in the way of that. Someone ate a bat. Yeah. Someone decorated their flat, and now none of us are allowed to do any of the fun stuff. We have to go back on Zoom. So, yeah, it's it yeah. still rears its head. Up. I've had like other shows since then, but there's a lot of funness for that one. I think so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm sure it'll do reappear. Uh, do you think you you, you will uh, record it at some point? I hope so. I hope so. I, when I when I phone with uh, a phone phones
1: when i email with my uh next um please can i have a copy of the show i did with the deal uh i will do another reminder like that i'd still like to do that i think once we can have audiences and stuff again it would be nice to get that done because actually yeah. I, am, I am i am proud it was a nice show won an award and all that so might as yeah. well milk it for all it's
0: worth seeing some of the reviews uh, reviewed very well so oh, well,
1: thank you very much
0: just lovely stuff So you drink oat milk? What oat milk do you drink? That was, that was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, do I 100.
1: drink? Did I say anything about oat milk? Uh, yeah, I drink Oatly.
0: Okay, because they are they're sending me. Um, I I just tweeted them the other day, and I was like, listen, people keep talking about Oatly barista saying it's the best milk, mm-hmm. uh, best 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 milk alternative. So what can we do about this? Like, <laughs> so send me some, and they were like, oh, we'll send you some vouchers. Uh, so wow. So you can go pick some up. So. That's happening too. But I was otherwise, I would have had that on this podcast. But uh,
1: I have I a little so have um, mini gripe about them, which is on, that huh? um, in other countries, you can get like small cartons, a bit like you only know, get apple uh... juice cartons, little ones, or orange juice for your packed lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get that size oat milk. And I don't have it with cereals. I just have it in drinks. So having the big litre cartons means that often quite a bit gets wasted unless I use it in other cooking. And I keep messaging that yeah. I feel like I'm one of those people who used to write into radio <laughs> programs and television programs, um angry from Essex. Um but <laughs> yeah, you can't get you can't get that here. And I have asked them, they said, oh, you can freeze it. I don't want to freeze it. I want to be able to get small cartons. So I got introduced yeah. to it in Finland. I've just shown off that I went to do, when I toured my show, we went to Finland um, amongst other things. And um, in Finland, you can get the small cartons. So Thank if you. they can get it there, we should have it here.
0: Yeah. Why not here? Right. Oh, I'll tell you what, when I, when I get in touch with them and say, oh yeah, thanks very much for the milk. That's great. Uh, it's a shame I couldn't get a smaller carton. They'll, uh... Thumbs up to you, yeah. which is great on a podcast. Awesome. Well, double tea, yeah <laughs> so you you do have uh, normal tea do you
1: um, I occasionally have tea but I have only decaf everything's okay. so I have
0: decaf tea uh, which uh, what what brand
1: at the moment I think we've got Tetley decaf in our canister yeah yeah other people have calf but I have a neurological thing we haven't got time to go into all my medical stuff and I'm not allowed to caffeine at all so uh, yeah
0: I'll have I'm to get you caffeine. back on for a specifically a medical episode. <laughs>
1: Seriously, can I be more Jewish with all my ailments?
0: <laughs> oh, no. Nice. So do you dunk a biscuit in your uh, in your tea?
1: That is a great question. And I'd say rarely, because generally I'm having herbal, and I think it would be weird, like, what biscuit would oh, work? Yeah. Maybe like a ginger biscuit in lemon and ginger. I've not tried that. I will Doesn't try you know. that, and I'll, I'll, feed, I'll feed back to you. But I have no, been known... Or a lemony biscuit, like a lemon um, – I can't think what they're called, those nice lemony biscuits. That might be nice in, in this. But I, my worry is they're quite a light-texture biscuit. Like, they're quite crumbly, so it could be quite a dry thing. I have been known to put a digestive in. I think that is an acceptable tea-related biscuit, but only very fast because you don't want it falling off. Like, once once there's no, crumbs in your tea
0: – Oh, it's going over. Yeah, yeah, sure. Or a little treat at the end. One of the two. Those no. are the options.
1: Like, out of all the traumatic things we've discussed, and we've discussed a lot of traumatic things, I think your biscuit falling off in your tea. You
0: you look disturbed by that. That
1: Oh, yeah. Peak trauma. I'm a bit OCD about stuff, and that, to me, the risk isn't worth it.
0: Yeah. No, that's fair. I understand.
1: I'm enjoying these tea questions, because no one has ever asked me
0: them before on a podcast. Oh, really? Well, you've never been on a tea-based podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how many of them there are I imagine this is the only one
0: it's quite niche yeah Yeah. do you drink hot drinks in hot weather to cool you down
1: absolutely
0: no I do do.
1: I do drink well I mean I drink hot drinks all year round and also eat soup that is uh I I love soup
0: I I eat soup any day yeah
1: yeah, there's the same family of food, isn't it? And I'm like, I don't look, I'm always very on brands, right? But I love chicken soup. That is my absolute favorite thing to eat in the whole world, apart from maybe donuts. There might be 50 50. But we have chicken soup for Friday night dinner 52 yeah. weeks a year. It could be a heat wave. And if I if we go around someone's house, like we went to a friend's once, really close friends, and she said when we arrived, do you know what? Well, no, I think not when we arrived. We, we'd arrived. We'd had chats. We were in a false sense of security. and uh, We sat down at the dinner table, Friday night dinner, proper Jewish Friday night dinner. And my friend said to me, you know what? I kept thinking, so bored of chicken soup. Immediately, my hackles rise. So bored of chicken yeah. soup. Just thought I'd go for butternut squash tonight. I haven't forgiven her. This was about seven years ago. I'm still annoyed about it now. Who makes me butternut <laughs> squash soup on Friday? Night? I'd rather have gone without, but I couldn't because we were guests. Had to had to. Have. Nothing wrong with her butternut squash soup, but it was not chicken. But yeah, I will have soup in hot weather and hot drinks in hot weather. I don't think it makes you any hotter, and it's delicious. Have it, enjoy.
0: I mean, I I will I'll I'll disagree to an extent there. Like I'll, I will have both in hot weather, absolutely. It does make me hotter. Doesn't it, doesn't, it certainly doesn't cool me down because people say it regulates your body temperature, yeah. and I think that is absolute nonsense. Uh, it makes you sweat
1: when you drink a hot drink. When you when it's hot, you think it makes you sweat. Yeah, of course, it, it doesn't make me cooler. I think it does because it's a bit like when you um, if you go swimming and the water's really hot, then when you come out, you feel cooler, even though it's the same air that when you went in. If you
0: see what I mean? Yeah, I understand the theory behind it. But also, like, by that same regard, in the middle of winter, do you drink an ice cold drink to warm you up?
1: Interesting question. Hmm. Would I drink an ice cold drink to warm me up in winter? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to upset you here. I don't know that I've ever given that this much thought. But we are now in the winter. And if the temperature drops, I'm going to try it. As of it.
0: today, actually.
1: Yeah, so that's it the did feel cold this morning. Winter.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. I will, I will, I will do that experiment and I'll let you know.
0: Yeah.
1: I've got a lot to write down now. I've got a dunk in a ginger You've snap. You've got so I've much got homework. And to... seriously, I've got to go in the cold weather and have a cold drink. I think I would yeah. have the drink that tickled my fancy. I don't think...
0: Yeah, but as long as it's freezing cold.
1: Freezing cold, okay. I'm writing yeah, it,
0: down. it. Yeah. Freezing cold drink. I mean, uh, you know, the question got an answer and that's, that's what these questions are for. Okay. Uh... Potentially inconclusive, but we'll see.
1: At least I'm prepared Sorry, to put the work
0: it. in. Yeah, no, that's fair. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah, many people don't. <laughs> um, I had a, a, a Good and Proper Tea Royabosh, by the way. Did you? Uh, that is, yeah, it was uh, really delicious. They've sent me, uh, they sent me a few different ones, and I've had this on here before. But, I, you know, I've not recorded an episode in a little while. I really fancied one. And it was, oh, it was very good. The, I'll, I'll give you the description. It is a, a honey sweet, caffeine-free cup with notes of dried cherries and vanilla.
1: Wow. So my husband and, loves that. He loves roebush tea. Um, yeah. I'm sure he would love that one because he's a big cherry fan. But yeah, I don't really, really like it. Sorry. Because I think it smells too antiseptic.
0: Yeah. No, I understand where you're coming from. This is by far and away the nicest roebush I've had. mm Okay. And they sent me this for free to try on a podcast. And so I'm not. I'm not just plugging it because they sent it to me. It is genuinely that good. What's the make? And I'll write that down. Uh, it is good and proper tea.
1: Good and proper tea. Oh, I think I've got some here because. Have you? Um, I don't want to show off, but I am. Um, I. It is you quite a ahead. funny story. I w- went to present awards at a big awards ceremony a few weeks ago. Um, This will make you laugh a bit I was replacing famous comedy actress Sally Phillips right? Oh, okay So Sally Phillips, amazing and a big fan and everything She couldn't do it And she put a little shout out to see if anyone could cover it for her And I think I might have been the only person who said that they could So they Uh, invited me, not Sally Phillips, to come instead and it was yeah. incredible. It was for NHS heroes, and it was just like amazing. And I have—I'll tell you that my opening remark when I went on stage was because it was very short notice. They hadn't had changed uh, time to change all their publicity stuff. I said, "I know," and I was introduced by my actual name. But I went on stage and I said, "I know what you're thinking. It's been a long lockdown, but Sally Phillips has let herself go," and it did get a very good laugh. Lovely stuff. So I was quite pleased with that. Yeah. But yeah. So the reason I'm telling you this is that. They gave us goodie bags from yeah. different donors who'd like give give stuff. And it had, amongst other things, teas in it. Lovely. And I think they might be from that make. I'm going to go and dig them out and have a look. Yeah, I'll they're
0: very good. It. It's a nice sort of little independent tea company. And they, uh, hmm. they're, they're, I really enjoy their stories. Got, they've got it all on their, on, their, on their Instagram. So worth checking out. But yeah, very tasty teas. Good. Their Roy Bosch, delicious. And their uh, breakfast tea, also delicious. So...
1: So they have peppermint tea. They do have I'm peppermint tea. Peppermint just
0: remember that's in there as well. Also, very very good. So yeah.
1: Okay, I will investigate them. So you've you've made one sale.
0: Yeah, lovely stuff. <laughs> yeah, tell them, uh, tell them, tell them you're buying it because of me. Send them an email. Oh well. Uh, yeah. Okay. Have we got more tea questions? I'm quite into it now. I've got more questions. They're not tea based. <laughs> All right. Uh, right. I once had a really weird dream. Right, and as a result of the dream and the things that happened in it. I woke up and at three in the morning Googled, what is the coldest that Julie Walters has ever been? What's the weirdest question you've ever asked as a result of a dream?
1: I mean, I have really weird Technicolor, HD, whatever, dreams yeah. all the time. So I've probably asked many weird questions. Um, recently, I woke up and I shouted at my husband who is getting dressed, have you asked Stuart for the photo albums yet because he's getting really annoyed about it and my husband's like what are you on and I was like yeah just Stuart's giving me a really hard time about the photo albums he said what photo albums and are you awake and then I realized I'd had a dream where as part of the dream not even like I'd say a particularly exciting part our friend Stuart had had a conversation with me about doing you know when you Uh, gather all your pictures together and put them in a photo book yeah that he wanted to he wanted to do those and for some reason in and out of this dream about some completely different things Stuart who I'll be honest with you has never once discussed photo books with me ever and I've been you know I've known him since I was 12 um uh, in the dream he kept popping in and saying like oh have you not done the photo books yet just tell mark to do the photo books just tell he's got to do the photo books and i woke up i was so angry about it so probably that's i mean that's a recent example it's a
0: great one um
1: yeah have you sorted have you sorted the photo books for Stuart? yeah Yeah. and he hasn't either by the way he hasn't he hasn't dealt with it
0: unbelievable i love that you had to point out that that wasn't a particularly exciting part of a dream like i don't think there's anyone that heard that (laughs) thinking well this is riveting go on (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: i do i have very exciting dreams i have the sort of dreams where you wake up and you're exhausted because you've been so busy
0: yeah i was snowboarding the other day that was nice
1: that sounds nice yeah i did a lot of flying dreams as a child
0: yeah i did yeah Mm. but it was always just like around my house
1: i have quite a few recurring dreams i've got one which is a bit like Not the film, The Running Man, not the Schwarzenegger film, but more like the book, the original Stephen King story, where you have to just evade capture and you have to send these videos back twice a day to about where you are. And the rooms in that, it's always the same, the same places where I end up, same gardens, same buildings, same rooms and corridors in that dream. I've been having that dream since I read that book as a teenager oh, really? and I always think one day I'm going to go so we'll go to like a stately home. I'm never going to stately homes but we'll be somewhere. We'll go somewhere. Maybe it's for someone's wedding and I'll find myself in one of these rooms that I've dreamt about. That's my
0: theory. Interesting. Interesting.
1: I'm so glad you're not a therapist.
0: <laughs> well, I'm writing stuff down. No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I've had a number of recurring dreams in my in my life. I There's one in particular. I had a recurring fever dream this yeah, where like anytime I had a fever, I'd have the same dream where I was being chased across it, like well, it was globe shaped but it's like a globe shaped chessboard, and I was being chased mm. across this chessboard by Nazis. there's
1: a lot of them about,
0: yeah, yeah, but in like full sort of world war two regalia, so
1: right, yeah, I mean, unsurprisingly, I'm quite familiar with a Nazi dream here or there, yeah. my grandparents did it in real life, so yeah, yeah, yeah
0: uh,
1: yeah. yes, that's uh. Well, I think the um, the classic fever dream is that your hands swell up like two balloons, isn't
0: it? Oh, is it? That's a um,
1: oh now I've forgotten what they're called. How awful! Uh, Pink Floyd
0: lyric. Right. Okay. Fair enough. I uh, <laughs> as also as part of that dream, there was uh, like a a big a wooden sphere that I was mm-hmm. would go in my mouth for some reason, and uh, I could always wake up and feel it there like sort of unable uh, to close my mouth properly it's weird
1: do you ever get like sleep paralysis?
0: yeah I've had, yeah, just the once and I, I woke up from this weird dream and I had a spider crawling up my arm and then mm. the spider sort of it didn't pop it just sort of into just thousands and thousands of tiny little spiders that were all crawling baby up baby spiders it. yeah and, uh, and they were getting near my face and I was sort of blowing trying to get them off and it wouldn't come off and then I, th- I think I actually woke up from that dream and then saw an actual spider crawling up my arm. And then I was trying to blow that off. And then I went to sort of whack it off and realized I can't move. And mm. then my brain just cl- kicked in and said, oh, this is sleep paralysis. And as soon as I had that realization, I woke up and the spider was no longer there. So it wasn't, yeah. wasn't real. Just... But yeah, that was uh, that was weird.
1: Mm. Weird stuff. Yeah, once you've sussed it, like with anything, with nightmares and everything, once you suss it, you're always all right. And someone once, I used to be... A therapist amongst many things that I've done. And yeah, there's not enough hours in the day, side yeah. And uh, because I didn't like go on a normal path to anything, I didn't just like go to school, then go and do a degree, and then get a job. I never did any of that. I mean, I did a bit of school. Um, so I've gone on a very circuitous route to things. But I remember having a training because I worked a lot with children about how. You can implant the idea in yourself that it's not really an idea, it's a fact. We're all in control of our dreams to an extent, right? They're reflections of our thought processes. So to every problem that arises in a dream, you've already got the solution because you've created that problem. Course, right? You've yeah. invented it in your head. So like if you've got if you tell kids when they're having bad dreams, this is your upcoming father. So this is a useful thing for you. (laughs) Um, If you tell your kids that whatever problem they encounter in a dream, the solution is somewhere right next to them. It takes away the scariness. So, for example, if there's a dragon coming towards you and you don't know what to do, you've definitely created a sword that yeah, can yeah. kill that dragon. It's just you just have to put your hand down and get it because that's your dragon you've made up. You've definitely got the sword that will kill it. So, um you can train yourself to always know when you're having a nightmare or whatever, you've got the solution sitting there and you can just sort it out. Nice. Is that interesting?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, what I found Thank interesting you. was as soon as you said, uh, if you've got a dragon chasing you, my brain said and you've definitely created a situation where you can befriend it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be an alternative, yeah. I suppose.
0: Not sure not sure why, but there you go. I think I want to be friends with a dragon.
1: Yeah, a dragon friend would be excellent. It's like becoming best friends with bully in your class. And yeah. then, you know, it's your protection.
0: Yeah. Right, I'm going to ask one more question. Okay. So I feel like this could be interesting because, you're, I mean, your name's not particularly complicated, so it should be straightforward. Mm. But regardless, this always garners some... Interesting answers. What's the worst way you've ever been introduced to stage? Because I was once introduced to stage as CD others, <laughs> presumably they thought was some kind of Colombian drug lord.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this, I talked about this in my show Hineni and um, I've talked about it on stage a lot. I think there's been a few and one of them was, uh, I was performing in a club and it was like a little divey club. And the compere used to be a Chippendale, like as in the strippers. Oh. and But now he's like in his 50s. And he decided, I was the only woman, obviously, and he decided before I came on to do material about how his... It, and it wasn't in England, by the way. This took place abroad. I'm not going to say where because I don't want to identify the club. But anyway, he uh, decided to do material about how his body has changed from being a stripper in his 20s like a man in his late 50s now. Uh, and he went into quite graphic detail about his lower parts. Oh, God. And then he basically... And then he brought me on stage and he more or less went... Anyway, that's what happens to my balls. Are you ready for the next act? <laughs> she's a comedian from the UK. <laughs> I have no idea what she's doing here. It's Rachel Krieger. Oh,
0: so no.
1: what, I don't know what level of that, what layer of that was more awful, but that was quite awful. So I had that one. I don't know if that's the worst, but that was quite a bad one. Recently, I got brought on stage as, um, you're going to love that, you're going to, uh, I'm going to bring on your next act. She's a lovely little lady oh A lovely God. little lady, and at the end of my set, uh, that compare went. Didn't she do well? She did do well, didn't she? She did really well.
0: Oh, Jesus. So that was nice. And who, who was um, that? Who did
1: that? Uh, I'll bleep um, it. It's fine. I'm not going to say. I'll tell you very much when you're not recording. <laughs> and um then I did have one like because I do a lot of stuff for community groups and charities or whatever. And I had uh, one, again, like something I've spoken about quite a bit, where I was waiting to come on stage and the compare of the event, so it wasn't just stand up. It was, there were lots of different things happening. Right. The compare of the event, it was just like someone who's part of that community group, whatever. So he said to me, "Is Rachel, how would you like me to introduce you? And I said, I'm sure whatever you've written down is fine. So then he went like, no, I mean like, how would you like to be introduced? And I was like, well, I don't know, I guess awards winning comedian or something is plenty you don't need to go into my whole life story that's fine they said no you personally do you want me to bring you on as Mrs Krieger or Ms Krieger and I said like well just just my name's fine like Rachel Krieger that's that's enough because you know it's, this isn't a handmaid's tale I mean you know my husband's a religious man he's never said you have to come on stages of Mark like I'm allowed God. I mean I think women have been allowed to be known by their names pretty much from the beginning of names maybe 20% later or whatever but like now I said to him just my name Rachel Krieger that's fine he went oh that's very modern. I, I didn't think that was modern. <laughs> I thought that was quite acceptable. But yeah. So I've had quite a few weird, I mean, weird introductions. You know,
0: the the first century, I guess, but
1: maybe. Mm. I mean, the other people he's introduced, I don't think he's I don't I don't really know. I was the person before me was a ten year old boy singing folk songs, which right. is like ideal for comedy in every way, in a like very high
0: pre no, voice breaking. Not, not a lot key. of crossovers.
1: Not really. So yeah, I've had a lot of weird intros. I think those are amongst the those are amongst the weirdest. I did have an intro um once where I was introduced as a Jewish comedian and um people booed.
0: No. So that was nice. Yeah. Where was I've that? It actually
1: more than once. Um during the fringe. During no. the fringe. I've had that. Uh
0: God. they
1: booed for that. And then I had one um I was uh, part of a showcase thing at the fringe. And when I, I I think I mentioned that I did a a story about a gig in Tel Aviv or something. I can't remember, but it wasn't a political story because I don't really have any. And um, then there was a lot of shouting of free Palestine, free Palestine, and people marched out. So that was like my introduction to myself. And then people marched out um, because to think somehow that I have any kind of influence on that situation. (laughs) It's nice that people think I have that level of power
0: good
1: grief so yeah I've had a few interesting introductions but I think that's what happens in my balls let me welcome your next app that's probably my so favorite that, of those
0: so... <laughs> perfect yeah really
1: perfect oh I, I did have one recently where a compare and again I'm born up name names but the compare decided to um it was quite a small audience one of the women in the front had gone to the loo and the way the room was laid out the loos were sort of behind where the stage area was there was sort of a corridor with the toilets right and he made some joke about how it was a small audience so 20% of the audience had gone to the toilet which wasn't I'm not good at maths but that wasn't an accurate statistic (laughs) there were more and he um and then he sort of started to make a lot of jokes about her length of time she was spending on the toilet and he actually followed around to the door of the toilet um, to sort of grab her, not grab her, physically touch her, but as she came out yeah. and made kind of slightly uh, primary school playground-y comments about, uh, you know, give it five minutes type of comments. Anyway, you ready for your next act? It's Jeez. Again, <laughs> Rachel Krieger, that's me. I, if there's one thing I know how to follow, it's things to do with... The bottom half of your body. Yeah, that's
0: what we've learned. That's, I'll write that down, actually, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> just a, what can I tell you, uh, ladies and gentlemen? Please welcome stage after my asshole, Rachel Krieger. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, that, that wouldn't phase me at all. Now no. I'd be like, oh yeah, just that's my, my correct. That's, that's, my that's my
0: correct level yeah. in comedy. Yeah, I mean, there's more to the lower half of my body. I could have said my knees and my feet. But uh, no, apparently because I went I'm- directly for the <laughs> for the. I will say wrong side. Uh, yeah. Christ. Where can people find you online?
1: Well, after anyone's mentioned their nether regions, I'm pretty much there. Yeah. Um, no, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rach Krieger, and my podcast is. Do you Talking To Me with Philip Simon, but I'm supposed to pronounce it like the famous quote, Do you Talking To Me. um that's on an all an incredible the usual... podcast.
0: It's one of my favourite podcast names I've heard in a good while.
1: Ah, thank you. Do you know what? My husband came up with it. It's pretty good. It? We had lots of different conversations, but I have to give him credit where credit's due. But yeah, Do you Talking To Me is on all the usual podcast platforms. So when you've listened to all of size tea-related oeuvre, I can't pronounce that. Anyway, you can uh, chime in. That's a lovely one uh, where Philip, Simon and I chat to people from across the media, entertainment and arts industries about their Jewishness. And I have to say it is the opposite of an educational podcast. If you learn something from it, then we've kind of failed. It's mainly (laughs) about what's the best falling out you know about and what's your favourite story about food. And uh, yeah, It's it's not for... It is. It is. It is gossip. There's been some amazing. There's been amazing gossip on it. We had uh, Boyd Hilton, who's the uh, entertainment. Uh, what's it? I'm just showing him of his official title. I think he's like the entertainment director, the entertainment editor for Heat Magazine, who went to school actually with me and my husband. Oh. Right. And he told us an amazing story about how he kicked off an argument between George Michael and Elton John. What? So. Amazing. That, that's so quite an, a brilliant story. So that's we've amazing. got everything. That's a great story. There's also a lovely story by Jay Foreman. Uh, I don't know if you know Jay, who's a musical comedian. Oh, um, yeah. His favorite uh falling out story was about his, I think it was his grandma, went on a cruise and met Yuri Geller, who bent a spoon for her. And when she came, like, when she got home, they had, like, a big family tea to welcome her back. You know, every family's got, like, the mean auntie. Yeah. And um, so she was sitting near the mean auntie. And maybe it was her sister, even, but the grandma. She told them all about meeting your again, and she brought out the spoon. And the mean auntie said something like, well, you know, that's not a big deal. Anyone can bend a spoon and unbent it. Cue <laughs> were falling out. Oh, so there are God. great stories on it. And as I say, like, it's not going to help anyone pass their... R E G C S E. gcse no. um but it's good it's good gossip definitely so we're just recording the fourth series of that at the moment so yeah and apart from that none of us have any gigs because of corona for a while yeah. so when i do have some they'll be on social media on my website yeah. rachelkrieger.com
0: lovely are you doing anything
1: online i will be i think yeah. i'm doing a couple of things for an organization called limits which is a big Arts and Culture Festival, Jewish Arts and Culture Festival. That's on over Christmas every year. Usually, it's an in-person conference-type event, and there's all different strands. You can uh, there's stuff. There's politics stuff. There's theatre and music. There's comedy, obviously, and um, it's a bit like doing the Edinburgh Fringe but Jews. And they have th- they have thousands of people normally, and it's residential. And it's amazing. But obviously, it's had to uh, it's had to pivot online the last two years yeah. so i'm doing a comedy gig and a couple of panels for them next week but um i think we're going to be looking at doing online stuff in january aren't we all of us
0: yeah pretty much. because
1: it is what it is so yeah keep an eye out hopefully there'll be some online fun
0: yeah lovely
1: well thank you very much for coming on Thank you very much for having me. I mean, I think this might be the longest podcast in history.
0: No, no, afraid not. Don't <laughs> even close. No, I think the last one we recorded for longer than this with, uh, with Matt Green, so...
1: Really? Yeah. He's so brilliant, Matt.
0: He's lovely, yeah. And uh, yeah, as I told His you His videos
1: have really kept me entertained during the pandemic, I have to say. Yeah, they're very I gave him a little shout out about that. They're amazing. And he's been so prolific. There's been practically something new every 10 seconds, I feel like.
0: Yeah. Amazing. There's at least one thing a day, I think. he's uh, yeah, mm-hmm. really, really smashing it out. Yeah, it's doing very well. Yeah. Right. I, I need to go and cook lunch for my wife and I. Enjoy. Yes, I will. We're going to, well, I, I won't tell you what we have because uh, it's not kosher, but uh, we're having sausages. You can
1: tell me if it's not kosher, just don't make me eat it and I would love <laughs> to know what you're eating. There's one thing I'm interested in, it's what someone's eating.
0: Yeah, well, uh, due to uh, the COVID status of us both, we, we've had to cancel out uh, because our uh, wedding anniversary was going to be uh, Christmas Eve. Well, it still is, mm. but... Um, we're not we're not having people around, so we're we're getting through the party food that we bought. So we've got some okay. uh, we've got some bake at home baguettes and some like mm. nice fresh sausages and a bit of uh, mustard and ketchup on there. Lovely.
1: Sounds gorgeous You know what um, My friend was meant To get married yesterday Oh really What's today Tuesday No on Sunday She was meant to get married On Sunday And they asked all Everyone to do Lateral flows On Saturday night Before the wedding And only one person Tested positive Which is obviously Amazing in this Omicron stage Yeah Except for it was The groom No So the wedding Got cancelled So
0: yeah oh, no. At least you'll get To spend
1: your anniversary Together He's in isolation
0: Yeah And uh, yeah sad. Wedding got Called off very sad. God, oh man, that's uh, that's unpleasant, isn't it? Of all the people, yeah, that is uh, there's only one other person, the but that would be that that bad for it to be. But yeah, uh, I suppose almost as bad would be is it a Jewish friend? It
1: was a Jewish friend, actually. So the, the, yeah,
0: the rabbi does a rabbi perform? A ceremony
1: yeah but you can always find another rabbi to step in you can't yeah. i mean finding another groom at that short notice that's
0: yeah, that, hard <laughs> that would be more difficult for sure
1: not impossible
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> put a call out on facebook listen does anyone know yeah. anyone if you, you described
1: anyone? it as a gig it would be good in about two oh, seconds oh yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah unpaid unpaid gig ringer might pay off <laughs> yeah absolutely <a> <laughs> oh very nice Nice, right? I'll uh, I'll I'll let you go, and I'll. Uh, what are you having for lunch?
1: Great question. I think probably some kind of roll with something in it because that's what's sitting on the counter. So yeah, a roll and something, maybe smoked salmon, just to keep up the whole sure. Jewish thing.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. With uh, with cream cheese.
1: I d- I'm lactose intolerant, as I mentioned. So yeah, yeah unlikely to increase. actually. I do have dairy-free cream cheese. I bought a new make to try.
0: Yeah. So maybe what, I will uh, have cream what cheese. Have you ever had via Life cream cheese? I don't know. It's if the-
1: got coconut in it, so I can't right. have it. Oh yeah. That's- don't get me started. I told you, you need to separate show for that. Honestly, yeah. just my allergies and intolerances alone. We could do an hour and a half of that. Oh
0: man. That, yeah, because Vialife Life cream cheese is very nice, and obviously. Thank you. But. Some drill, drilling started. That's good timing. We're, we're, we're reaching okay. the end of the drilling has started. So uh, <laughs> glad that Thank you for you.
1: having me. It's been fun. Thanks for coming on.
0: Right, right. It's ended quickly. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been lovely to have you on and I'll see you soon.
1: See you soon, sorry. Lovely chatting as always. Cheers. Bye.
0: Bye. So that was Rachel Krieger. You can find her online. She's at rachelkrieger.com. You can find her on the socials at Rach krieger. R-A-C-H-C-R-E-E-G-E-R. And you can listen to her podcast with Philip Simon, Due Talking to Me, which is a title that I absolutely love. Philip Simon, also going to be a future guest. I've just not had him on yet, but a very funny man indeed. So go and listen to that after you've listened to this and have a lovely time. In the meantime, happy Christmas and a happy new year. I hope you had a happy Christmas and I hope you had a happy new year and I hope the rest of the year is prosperous for you all. Oh, another reminder to go and get tickets for my Leicester Comedy Festival show on the 17th and 18th of February. You can find links for that on my link tree, which I'll put on the podcast description. But it's just linktr.ee forward slash sideeves. And there's links directly on there to go and find me on the Leicester Comedy Festival website. And there's also loads of other links to subscribe to the podcast to donate to my Ko-fi page where you can help me. Oh, here's the big news. That i didn't mention at the beginning i'm having a baby so feel free to donate some money help me pay for that and if you want that to go directly to the baby then just put a little message on there and i'll i'll, I'll do that that's that's another reason i've been so busy is couldn't mention it before this is the news that was uh keeping up you know i've been busy with buying a house and running a sitcom and working and all that sort of thing but also crucially having a baby so big stuff you don't have to donate but if you do That'd be really lovely, and I'm sure the baby will thank you one day. Thanks for listening, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. (laughs)